Welcome to the Author Ads Academy podcast. This is episode number 32. I'm your host, Matt Holmes, and it's fantastic to be spending some time with you today. Thank you for joining me. So, first of all, I must apologize for not delivering a podcast episode for a few weeks. It has been a very busy time, both in the business side of things and outside of the business. It feels like I've been trying to juggle too many balls, and unfortunately, I did drop the podcast ball for a couple of weeks but I am picking it up again this week. So moving on to this week's topic, which is my 80-20 Amazon ads strategy. Now there are many different strategies for Amazon ads, none of them are wrong, and what I'm going to share with you today may not be right for you, but this is what works for me. So if you're starting Amazon ads for the first time, you are in a fantastic position because you have a lovely, beautiful, clean dashboard to work with. If you already have some Amazon ad campaigns running, whether they've been running for a few weeks or a few months or even a few years, I wouldn't recommend that you archive these campaigns. Instead, I would look to organize them into portfolios. Now you may want to switch these old campaigns off and implement what I'm going to share with you today, or you might want to keep them running. I can't tell you what to do because every account is different, but remember that it's generally a good idea to keep campaigns running rather than switch them off as Amazon does prefer aged campaigns. So you could work to optimize these current campaigns you've got rather than turn them off, or you may want to start with a clean slate, turn everything off and start afresh. I never recommend that you archive campaigns because you do lose a lot of data and you can't really get back into those campaigns and start them up again. So I just switch things off rather than archive them. Now there are cases where I do switch old campaigns off because they are just costing way too much money and not delivering the results and it would take far too long to optimize the campaigns and raise them from the ashes, so to speak. Now, if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time or read any of my emails, you likely know that I run Amazon ads in two phases. I have research and scaling. So research is phase one and scaling is phase two. The research campaigns are doing exactly that. They are researching for me. They're finding keywords and they're finding ASINs that convert well. Scaling campaigns are taking the winning keywords and ASINs from those research campaigns and scaling them up. So I'm honing in on the 20% of keywords and ASINs that are delivering 80% of the results. And by results, I mean sales and page reads. So that's my overarching strategy. But how many campaigns am I running at any one time? Honestly, there's no arbitrary number or any perfect number of campaigns. It takes as many as it takes for your books. Typically, though, depending on the client's budget, I have you know, between 10 to 20, sometimes more research campaigns. And then once the campaigns have been running for a while and have harvested some great converting keywords and ASINs, I can have anywhere from you know, 20 to 100 plus scaling campaigns. The reason I'm having so many scaling campaigns is that when I find a winning keyword or winning ASIN, I graduate it into its own campaign. So I have one campaign advertising one product and targeting one keyword or one ASIN. And if it's a keyword that you're targeting in a scaling campaign, you want to make sure that you're targeting it as an exact match to get hyper-focused on just that one keyword, on that one search term because it's converted well in the research campaigns and you really want to double down on those. So my threshold for a winning keyword or winning ASIN is when it's generated at least two plus sales or borrows in the research campaigns. If it's just one sale or borrow, there's a chance that this was a fluke. So you want to give it a little bit more time just to make sure that it is 
actually a good performer and is not just a fluke. There are other factors to consider when determining if a keyword on ASIN is a winner though, such as impressions and clicks. If it's taken 137 clicks to generate two sales, then that's not a good keyword or ASIN. And strictly speaking, I would have cut that keyword or that ASIN off at 10 to 15 clicks without a sale or borrow, and I wouldn't let it get up to 137 clicks. But likewise, if a keyword or an ASIN has had two impressions, two clicks and two sales, again, that's not a good candidate because there just isn't enough search volume there on that particular keyword or that particular ASIN to graduate it into its own campaign. And those two impressions it got were likely to be very lucky and it's unlikely to replicate in the future. So you want to have a good number of impressions to show that there is some good search volume behind a keyword or an ASIN. So that's the scaling campaigns, which are relatively simple to set up. They just require some time analyzing the search term reports, harvesting these winning keywords and these ASINs and creating their own campaigns for them and then bidding more aggressively on them because you know that they convert well. This strategy also allows you to put 100% of a campaign budget behind a keyword or an ASIN as well as use the bid placement adjustments to get complete control over the performance of a single keyword or ASIN. Something that isn't possible when you have multiple keywords or ASINs in the same campaign. Now with the research campaigns, as I mentioned earlier, I have you know, roughly 10 to 20 of these, sometimes more, sometimes less, and they are casting a wider net than the scaling campaigns. So I tend to start with four automatic targeting campaigns, one for each of the targeting options. I have a campaign for close match, a campaign for loose match, a campaign for substitutes, and a campaign for compliments. The reason for doing this is that if you run a standard automatic targeting campaign, you won't be able to control which targeting option receives the most budget. You can control the bids for each targeting type if you're running a standard uh, automatic targeting campaign, but I prefer to control the budget and the bid for each targeting type. So by segmenting each targeting type into its own campaign, I'm able to do that. For the research campaigns, I also run one or two category targeting campaigns, sometimes more depending on the budget. These again, cast a wide net targeting books in your chosen categories. And I also do a lot of keyword research when starting work on a client's Amazon ads account. And with these, I'm focusing on author names, book titles, search terms, such as you know crime thriller books, epic fantasy novels, those sort of things. So you know, it's the sort of search terms people will type into Amazon to find the books that they're looking for. And I'll also look at book titles and the ASINs of those books. So I pick 10 to 30 highly relevant keywords for each of those uh, categories, if you like, those topics. And I create three campaigns for each set of keywords. So there's three campaigns for author names, for example, and three campaigns for search terms. The reason I create three campaigns for each is that I have one campaign per match type. So I have a campaign of author names in broad match. I have those same author names in a phrase match campaign. And then again, those same author names in an exact match campaign. And the same with the search terms and any other keywords I'm going after. I don't like combining multiple match types into the same campaign as this can really mess with the results and you just can't get very granular with your control over the keywords in different match types as they all perform very differently. So by segmenting them out into their own campaigns, you have far more control. I also run one or more campaigns for the ASINs of the books that I discovered. I tend to have up to 20 ASINs in a single campaign. So if I have found you know 40 ASINs, of really highly relevant books, then I'll run two ASIN targeting campaigns. 
each of them having 20 in them, 20 ASINs in them. So that's the rundown of my 80-20 Amazon ad strategy. I'm using the research campaigns to find keywords and ASINs that convert into sales and page reads. I'm then harvesting those and graduating them into their own campaigns where I can have extremely you know, granular control over how they perform. So in a nutshell, to wrap this episode up, I'm taking 20% of keywords and ASINs that are generating 80% of the sales and page reads. I'm really focusing on those to generate the results. And the research campaigns are still vitally important because you know they're consistently going out there and finding new keywords and ASINs that I can graduate into their own scaling campaigns. Your research campaigns will still be generating sales and page reads for you, but it's when you move those top performers into their own campaigns where things can really scale up. And remember, you also need to be weeding out those keywords and ASINs from your research campaigns that are costing you money but not delivering any results for you. So you're essentially trimming the fat and you're reducing your wasted ad spend using negative targeting. And remember at some point, keywords and ASINs that you've graduated into their own scaling campaigns will begin to fatigue as search volume decreases, trends change, and you need a constant flow of new keywords and ASINs to graduate up into those scaling campaigns, which is why the research campaigns are so important. Now, yes, this process can take some time. And if you're not keen on spreadsheets, then this may not be the best strategy for you. But if you can spare one to two, maybe three hours per week, depending on your budget, over the course of a few months, you're soon going to have an Amazon ads account that is truly focusing on the 80-20. So that's what I've got for you this week. A fairly deep episode, but hopefully you stuck with me until the end here and you now have the blueprint to go out there and start making Amazon ads work for you. So I hope you found this episode valuable. If you did, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And please do share this episode with an author friend of yours who would benefit from listening to it. For now, though, I'll leave you the same way I leave you every single episode. Have a fantastic week writing, a fantastic week advertising, and I'll see you again for another episode real soon.